or I want to get strong, or I want to do this. They get put off by the fact they're like, oh, right, bloody hell. So I've got to do my diet. I've got to understand what my macros are. I've got to understand what my total daily energy expenditure is. How much am I drinking? How much do I weigh? How much am I supposed to weigh? Google how much I'm supposed to weigh. What's my BMI? Oh, I'm going to get depressed about BMI because BMI is a lot of crap anyway. All uh, oh, right, okay. What's my training? Oh, what's this paleo diet? What's that diet? What training should I do here? You can see what the point is I'm trying to make here. There's, there's just a plethora of information um, that you can learn everything, but you never get anything done. You can outsource everything. Hello, I am Joel Ingram. And this is Crisis to Crushing It podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk. And I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception, and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. So, welcome to uh, number three of the mini-series with Ben Turner. And this week, we are covering continuous learning. Ben, welcome. Hmm. Thank you very much. Sorry, I'm stuffing my face with a protein <laughs> Caught me at a really bad time. <laughs> <laughs> but you have been killing yourself today, haven't you? Well, I got, it's kind of the, the end of a training block, so it's the last last um, leg day, if you like, of, of my current training block. So it'll be a rest week next week when I'm on holiday, and then it changes. So it's good to just kind of end on a high, you know. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is this the crescendo? Is this the peak of it, or does it get worse after this? Uh, no, I'll get it. So it kind of changes. You know what we were talking about last week with various rep ranges and things like that? Um, Well, right now, um, I'm on a sort of endurance-based strength program ready for Cape Wrath, which is in February. So I've got a really, really long long time to to train. So I'm in like a base base strength sort of session at the moment where I'm doing sort of 15 reps, five sets of um, in various exercises that are very sort of compound and use a lot of body movements sort of thing um so after i've had a week's rest then we're going to my next training block which will be going into sort of drilling strength so three to five reps um um of three to five sets so we're going a lot heavier so it's just a completely different thing it's quite like doing lots of reps because you just you feel absolutely obliterated by the end so um, especially as you kind of push it heavier and heavier and heavier and end up going you know, which what once upon a time was my, my one rep max, you're then lifting five sets of 15, which is just great, you know. So you can really sort of keep an eye on progress, which is quite nice. But next training block will be a bit more interesting. Moves are slightly different, you know, start introducing some Olympic lifts just for fun because um, I don't really know how to do Olympic lifts. So it's a, it's a bit of a learning curve. Um, and then it's kind of taking the sort of base compound movements and, and making them uber heavy, basically. Okay. All so, learning. Sounds sounds grueling. It's kind of a bit, it's just a bit of a journey really. It's all, you know, it's all learning new things, learning new new patterns that work, learning new training methods which kind of brings us on to the topic of today's um today's series episode in the mini series which uh, really which is kind of centered around continuous learning. Um and I've always it, it, that's kind of a lovely two little two word little phrase if you like that kind of sums up one of the biggest things that I end up doing with with everything basically um, I'm an absolute addict when it comes to learning stuff I can't get enough of it um, I wish I had this attitude when I was at school because 
it, as soon as you find that little niche that you're really, really interested in, you just have to keep learning. Keep, keep learning. Keep learning about new things to do with it. Me, I'm, I'm fascinated in sports science. I'm fascinated in how the human body moves, why it moves, how it moves, and, and what you can do to enhance other movement. Um, so continuous learning for me is kind of, it's it's a it's a broad spectrum, but it's kind of it's it's kind of zoned in onto sort of the sports science side of life. So I guess today we're going to start talking about um, the biggest aspect of my development, which is the principle of continuous learning. Okay, and, and tell me this: so, have you always been that way, though? Um, good question. I don't think so. Um, I've always kind of had a mindset of if I need to, if I'm learning something new, well, not necessarily learning something new. If I have to do something like at the moment, okay. Um, completely different to fitness. I am designing a commercial kitchen for a restaurant that I'm looking to open next summer. Right. I've got no idea what I'm doing. And I really hope the guy that is employing me to do this isn't listening to this podcast. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and I've had to start putting together architectural drawings um, that have to be like to the millimeter exact of all these different appliances. Now I can kind of, I used to work in, um, I work, used to work as a chef, so I kind of know what I'm looking for in a kitchen. But get me on AutoCAD, start designing drawings that are, you know, millimeter accurate and how to place all this stuff. I have no idea. I wouldn't know the specifications of an extractor unit if I fell over it and it smacked me in the face. So it's a case of instead of giving it a half-assed attempt, I, I, I need to know. I need to learn how to use CAD. I need to learn what all these different specifications are. I need to talk to specialists. I need to understand everything so that then I can process it. Because ultimately, everything that I do and everything that everybody does has mine and their name attached to it, if that makes sense. So everything I do has my name attached to it. I think you do has your name attached to it. And for me, I have to take that person. Uh, it's got my name attached to it. So I have to understand it as the, the best of my ability to then be able to portray my best self into that task. So it's like Winky Johnson says, he, he, he just feels that the people around him and the lives that he touches uh, and all of these people that he meets, he, that he thinks that they deserve to have the best version of himself, if that makes sense. I don't think I've explained that very well. But essentially, you've, you've got to be your own best version of yourself. And you, you, know, you feel like it's your, I feel like it's my duty to give Laura, my girlfriend, the best version of me. My boss is the best version of me as, as, as an employee. Um, the best version of me as a personal trainer to my clients. The best version of me to me, when I'm training, you know, I have to do that. And to do that, you have to learn new things. So this is where the principle of continuous learning comes in. It starts off on a very sort of self-centered circle. Um, and I find that everything that I do, all these challenges that I do, all the training that I do, every training block, every training session has a plan, do, review cycle into it. So you plan it. Obviously, I'll, I'll write my training program each week. I'll plan my challenge. I'll plan my job. I'll plan my whatever. And just have an have an understanding of what it is I want to, uh, what it is I'm doing and where I'm going. It's simple direction. And then you do the thing. You, you know, you you've planned what you're going to do. You have to go and execute it. You do it. And then you review it. This is where the continuous learning comes in. 
when it comes to training, your training diary is the Bible. You know, you're writing in it, you're writing in it, you write, you write everything. If you if you overslept because you wanted to just lay in bed just another ten minutes, it goes in there. If you didn't eat breakfast because you didn't have time because you were rushed off your feet, it goes in there because that is where the core base level of all continuous learning starts. And it doesn't have to be a training diary. I'm using that example because it's me. It could be literally a personal journal that you keep at the end of the day. You know, oh, I had a really shit day today. Why did you have a really shit day? Well, hmm, how did I start? Let me look at my journal. Okay, well, I woke up late for a start or I have this really messed up dream. Okay, that's interesting. I don't really do much sort of looking into dreams. But I mean, if it's disturbed you sleep at the end of the day, then you're, you know, you're going to be on the back foot already. Um, if you have overslept, you've disturbed your pattern, you're like your circadian uh, rhythm, so your pattern's already out. If you've missed breakfast, if you've had three coffees before, you know, you've you walked out the door as opposed to just a cup of tea or whatever it is you usually have. You know, it, it's understanding all these little things. So you can just learn from your own actions. Um, and really, I, th I think already the number one takeaway I, I would want anyone to take from this session is write everything down, you know, just diarize everything. Um, because that's the core base level of it. I write in my training program, uh, my training diary, every single thing that happens, every weight that I lift, every rep that I lift, every set that I lift, how I felt in between, what I did in between, how much rest I had, just so I can look at it and really geek out over it all. I've got my watch running, I know what my heart rate's doing, so I can look at it and go, okay, I can see a pattern, or, well, that's weird, there's an anomaly here. But that's not good enough for me. If there's an anomaly, I need to know what that anomaly is this is where my version of continuous learning comes in you could draw the line of just learning from yourself fantastic it would be a great place to start but there's only so far you can go with that um after that you need to understand more you need to understand what you've got to learn from other people from other sources from books from youtube videos from podcasts from people who you get on here from from going to meet people, going to set up seminars, you've got to learn that because ultimately you are you're only expanding your own IP, right? You're you're only you're only expanding your own knowledge. You're expanding who you are as a person. And you're expanding the value that you can bring to the world. Now, I will see an anomaly in my training. I need to learn it. I need to understand it to the nth degree. Now, not everybody needs to go so deep into a subject as to, you know, you're hammering more and more and more and more and more into it until you understand all of it, but getting a grasp on things of aspects that you need, that you want to learn in life are going to ultimately put you in the right direction. Um, and this kind of reminds me, this draws me back to a speaker that I was listening to earlier today, actually, by a man called Darren Hardy. And for those who don't know Darren Hardy, Darren Hardy is the editor of Success Magazine. Um, He's also a really good speaker, and he's got some fantastic videos on YouTube, um, and you can just download them. And weirdly, um, these videos, he'll say like, "Oh," in the audience that he's talking to in his video, because it's like a, it's like a presentation. He'll say, "Oh, I'll give you all the content, but please don't put it on YouTube." Oh, the irony of social media because it ends up on YouTube, but um, they're really, really good resources, and you just listen to it. And essentially, he said, "Yeah, yeah, great. Learning is fantastic. You can learn." Loads and loads of things, but the majority of people learn sub suboptimally a lot of things. What does that mean? You become the jack of all trades. Nobody wants to be a jack of all trades. To be good, to be successful, to be to be 
a winner in whatever your field is, you've got to narrow it right down. And as Darren Hardy says, he'll you'll narrow it down to your to your three vital you know three vital functions. You know, what are the three things that that are you? Um, and for me, that is my training. That is the development of this business that I'm opening next year, and that is sports science because I absolutely love it. Like they are the three things that I just if I had nothing, if I could do nothing else tomorrow, I'd probably do those three things. Um, so you you have to narrow it down into this sort of into this little trifecta of of what it is you need to learn. Otherwise, you're going to be learning loads of things. You know, for me, it could have been oh, I want to learn. So I'm going to look at the bookshelf that I've got in front of me. Um, and all these books are so vastly different in their subjects. So I could learn oh, specialities of, of food. I could learn um, success secrets of millionaires. I could learn, <laughs> weirdly, the success um, traits of psychopaths. I could, <laughs> learn, <laughs> I could learn Ray Mears' Wild Food. I could learn Ross Edgley's um, World's Fittest Book. Um, I've got The Ultimate Guide to Nutrition. I've got a book about weather. I've got a book about mountaineering. I've got a book about uh, South America. I've got a book about expeditions across the world. I've got a book about, uh, what's that one? Sea kayaking. You know, I could pick all those up and start smashing through them. Um, I'd be average at all of those things because I've read a book. Or I could turn around and go, right. And if I could, actually, I didn't know if this, is, if this is ever a video, if we ever do a video or whatever, or maybe I could share it with you after. Um, my training program kind of outlines my whole day as well. So it just tells me what exercise I need to do, but it also tells me what time I need to get up in the morning. Really, really useful because ultimately, again, the success habits of millionaires and all things that people like Darren Hardy would talk about streamline my entire life. If I don't need to think about what time I get up in the morning because it tells me what to do and I just set my alarm and I go to bed, it's one less thing to, to think about, which means it becomes a system, becomes subconscious, it becomes easy. Um, but that's going off on a bit of a, on a separate tangent. Reeling it back, going back to those three things, my training program tells me what I should study and when so that I can turn around and go, oh, excellent, I've got two hours now. I need to sit down and I need to open um, Ben Greenfield's um, book and start plowing through that and just studying it because I want to learn from him. I want to learn from Ross Edgley. I want to learn from this person. I want to learn from that person, but all on the same subject. I think people get a bit too sidetracked or blinkered onto learning. If they are going through continuous learning, they pick up one book by one person um, on one occasion, and they'll read that book, and they'll be like, excellent, I've read the world's fittest book. I am now a fitness guru. Now, that's not to take away from Ross Edgley's book at all, but there are other books, just like he lists all the studies in the back of that book. There are other resources to go and make your own impression on your own understanding and your own analysis. As Bruce Lee says, you, you, you adapt what is useful, you discard what is not, and you add what is uniquely your own. You've got to find what is useful. You've got to find what isn't useful before you can then add your own. So, so this principle of continuous learning means learning from as many people as possible, many sources as possible, in a set pattern, in a set routine, so that you don't get um, you know, lost in the, in the ether of all of these different things to learn from but on the same subject. So I've got thousands of books on sports science, but I'm not going to try and read every single one of them today. It'll take me three years maybe to read all of them, but I'm happy with that um, because I'm going to be studying a degree in sports science at the same time. It's all things that can work together. 
um, setting up this business. Um, I could quite easily do 24 hours a day trying to set this this place up and get all the plans in, but that would be to the detriment of everything else. So you you have to discipline yourself to have these sort of set timescales um, to be able to set the time aside and then you have that focused 90 minutes or however long it is that you can focus for. You set a clock, you're in silence and you work on it. And then this principle of continuous learning allows you to then really, really, really sort of dig into the depths of that subject with no distractions. Because if that's the case, excellent, you're going to learn something. If you're distracted by notification on your phone, if you're distracted by a ticking clock, if you're distracted by music or TV in the background, if you're distracted by people in the room, if you're distracted by wonderful shiny things, or oh, there's another book here I could read, or something else I could do, or there's a newspaper over there, then you end up wasting your time, essentially. So, um, yes, I think the principle of continuous learning is probably one of the most important things we'll talk about in this entire series. Um, but you've got to do it with discipline. You've got to do it on the three things that, that really, really matter to you, the three things that define who you are. And you've got to do it to a routine. You know That's why I find it so much better to, to plan on a Sunday night. What's my training going to be for the week? What's my studying going to be for a week? I put it on a piece of paper. I glue it into my tra um, training diary, which is a big A4 folder. And then I look at it and it tells me what to do. If I don't have to think about it, because I'm pretty tired now. So I don't want to think about, oh, right, I've got a podcast with Joel. You know, blah, blah, blah. It just tells me I've got a podcast with Joel. It's at eight o'clock. I'll be here. Job done. I know that after this, I've got to go and eat dinner and I'm going to go to bed and read a book. You know, I knew, I knew before that, you know, that I had to go and do X because it told me to do that. Um, you know, it, it makes life so, it sounds really, really anal. And I, I think it kind of puts people off because people are like, oh, how do you have so much focus over that thing? Well, well funny, funny enough, training is my thing. It's one of my three things. I have to focus on it. And I find that just having something that tells you what to do, you can set it up as an app. There's several apps that have like a, it's like an e-diary app and you can put it all in and it'll give you a reminder to say, oh, by the way, in half an hour, you're on a podcast with Joel. Um, in half an hour, you need to go to the gym. So you look at it and be like, oh yeah, cool, thanks. And you know, you're not, you're not thinking about these things on an, on an absolute extreme scale. Did you ever see what Steve Jobs, the late Steve Jobs used to wear? The same thing on the, every single day. Yeah, because he doesn't want to think about what he what he's going to wear. He just gets out and wears it. Barack Obama used to wear the same grey suit over and over and over and over again. He yeah, got bigger things to worry about. Yeah. And um, yeah, studies have proven that I'm going off on a tangent here. Studies have proven that if you are exhausting your decision making muscle or the aspect of your brain that is working out as you're making decisions, then that's going to suffer on the bigger decisions to make. So your app's going to tell you, right, I've got to go to the gym. Oh, great, cool, I've got to go to the gym. Buff, I know what I've got to do because it's written down in front. But if you're thinking, oh, I've got to go to the gym this afternoon, oh, what shall I do? What shall I work out? Mm, I don't know, Monday, maybe I should do leg days Monday. Yeah, okay, what leg exercise shall I do? Squats, lunges, Bulgarian split squats. I could do hamstring curls. I could do glute bridges. And all of a sudden, you've got all these decisions to make, and half an hour has just passed. Mm. And you've just wasted a lot of time. But because of that, you're also thinking, oh, 
Yeah, but squat day. What weight should I weigh? Oh, I don't really want to. I don't really want to lift too heavy. And all of a sudden, you've just wasted your time training. You know, if, if you go through a decision program, a decision making process, where you exhaust that decision making muscle in your brain, then you're just going to waste your time. So, number two takeaway from this. Uh, from, number one takeaway: write down everything. Number two takeaway: write down everything because when you write down everything, it's going to tell you what to do. So. Um, that was a lot of me. What are your thoughts? Well, I I can actually relate to a lot a lot of what you just said. So, I've been I've been in the place where I'm like, oh, and this is recent within the last four weeks. Um, I'm going to the gym on Tuesday. I'm gonna do this, and I got I just do full body workouts twice a week, um, because it's easy for me. <laughs> so. I was faffing about with the weights and I was thinking, all right, because remember the last conversation I was saying about not knowing what to put on, you know, mm-hmm. how hard the train was sets to do and everything else. So I've sort of said to myself now for the next two weeks, I'm doing these for two full body workouts and all I do is add 10, add 10 each side. And then the, yes. do you know what I mean, I, as long as I'm hitting tens, mm-hmm. then I'm happy. But I've said that for two weeks, and I'll readdress it then a, a few days before that cycle is supposed to restart to see whether the weight needs to go up. Yeah. So that bit, I, I can, like, I've been there because I've, I've not gone because of that. <laughs> because, because, and, I, and I've actually had the awareness of I need to write this down. I need to yeah. see it to formulate it, to cement it in my brain of what I'm going to do next. Because I'm like you, I love systems and processes. If I can streamline something, I will. But what I, I can sometimes get sidetracked. Yeah. Um, like you were very disciplined. Like you said, it's my, my so-and-so says, do this, I do it. I've got that in my Google calendar. It says, go to sleep, half past nine. But invariably, I end up going past it. And it's like 10, half past 10. I'm like, oh, what did I do that for? And now I'm going to wake up tired. Yeah. Do, do, you ever, do you ever pay attention to what you're doing with your time that goes over that time limit that you've set, if that makes sense? Yeah, so my, my what causes me to go over is, um, so say my, my youngest son when he goes to bed, um, I'll try and, because, because of the podcast timings, I've got, I've got like two things about this time, but you know, seven, eight o'clock, which is usually his bedtime. So my missus picks up those ones, and I pick up the other ones when she's busy. But I want to be involved. If I'm not, if I'm not involved in that aspect, I feel shit because I feel guilty that I'm not there. Yeah. So yeah. that's that. You said about having those three things. One of them for me is is being there for the for the kids. Yeah. Another one is health. Yeah. Um. I I don't know if I could nail a third one. Um. But yeah, my time goes where, where my time goes is as soon as he's down to bed. I mean, you're either editing yeah. or putting social posts out. Well, you just said what your third one is then, isn't it? Your, your, third, your third thing is your podcast. Yeah. Ah, well, yeah just, I suppose it's like, <laughs> setting up this business, you know. I think we all have to be, like, self-centered. You know, my training, yeah. Uh, my studying, yeah. And the fact that I'm setting up a business, yeah. They all require the most amount of my time. And it's the best way it was defined was what are the things 
I mean, this Darren Hardy is very money centric. So when he describes it, it's all around money. And I'll come on to a, a different understanding of that later. But he said, what are the three things that you can do that, that when you do it, only you can do it. And that for me is the end of the definition. He goes on to say, what three processes do you have to do that make you the rainmaker, that make you the money maker, that put all the profit on the table? I tend to ignore the money side of it and just go on the idea of what are the three things that are A, most important to you, and B, only you can do. Like my diet, I can get a dietitian and just get told what to eat. Um, I could learn everything behind sports nutrition and everything behind sports science and everything behind physiotherapy and everything about sports therapy and recovery, but I'd never get anything done. I'd be a geek, but I'd never get anything done. And that brings into detriment one of my other three things, which is my training. Um, I would also take away all my time from setting up the business. So they're ultimately the three most important things to you, which only you can do. Only you can impact your kid's life in the way that you want to do it because you're their father. Only okay. you can your podcast because it's Joel's podcast, right? Only you can deal with your health. And I think you can narrow down the word health into something a little bit more specific. Like, okay, I know I'm being a little hypocritical here because one of mine is sports science, but I'm studying sports science with the end degree of end degree, with the end um, reward being I can get the degree in sports science. Um, I'm doing my training because I'm training for something very specific. I'm doing the work because I'm setting up something specific. Your podcast is specific. Your kids are specific. Nail down health. If you just do health, then yeah. you can study the aspect of health. Like, what is it? We said this last like, last time. I want to get fit. Nail it down. Do something credit, uh, um, um, specific that will allow you to go, I'm going to do health. Great. But I'm going to do health by, I don't know, for argument's sake, say, I'm going to do health by, I'm going to try a vegan diet. I'm going to run a marathon. You know, whatever. Um, or I want to lose X kilos or X pounds and I want to do this. Or on the flip side, I want to put on this weight because I want to do heavyweight boxing or I want to lift, I want to power lift. You know, you can't be light and lose weight for that. Not every goal has to be around losing weight and losing fat. I don't want to lose weight. I want to put weight on. But I think you can get a bit more specific there okay. because then it becomes personal and then it becomes something only you can do. And they can outsource stuff. Like your health, you can outsource your health. You can outsource that to a dietitian, to a training program, to, to, to you know, something that, like, I do. Um, and get someone to tell you what to do. And then your challenge becomes doing it. You're the only one in that relationship who can do the job. You yeah. can get anyone, every single person under the sun to tell you what to do. But ultimately, your third thing turns into you doing that thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I do. And we discussed this to me. I, I, I need a bigger goal. I, I don't quite know what that is yet. People get put off by saying, oh, I want to get fit or I want to get strong or I want to do this. They get put off by the fact they're like, oh, right, bloody hell. So I've got to do my diet. I've got to understand what my macros are. I've got to understand what my total daily energy expenditure is. How much am I drinking? How much do I weigh? How much am I supposed to weigh? 
Google how much I'm supposed to weigh. What's my BMI? Oh, I'm going to get depressed about BMI because BMI is a lot of crap anyway. All um, oh, right, okay. What's my training? Oh, what's this paleo diet? What's that diet? What training should I do here? You can see what the point is I'm trying to make here. There's, there's just a plethora of information um, that you can learn everything, but you never get anything done. You can outsource everything apart from you doing the action. Nobody can make you do that other than you. Like, I can't come to the gym with you and move your legs for you. Like, no. if you've got a squat, you've got a squat. What really helps is that you've got a training program designed by somebody who knows exactly what they're doing and all you do, and they're monitoring all the weights so you don't even have to worry about what lift, what weight you're lifting next week. He does all that. Well, that's what I do with my clients. Um, I've got, got a client who um, he's, he's lifting X, right? And it's like, great. And I need you to do that for a certain rep range, for a certain set range, and I need to know exactly how you feel. He'll pump all that information back to me, and I go, perfect. I'll sort out you next week. And he just does what he's told. And his sole responsibility is getting himself to a gym or getting himself outside into the park or on his bike or into the pool or whatever and doing the thing that he's been told to do because that's what's important to him. Everything has been outsourced, uh, minus diet, but we kind of... Essentially, he's a rake and needs to put loads of weight on, so he just eats everything. Um, that's, that's simple nutrition. But you can outsource your nutrition. You can outsource your training, but like you have to do it. And like we said last week, you know, I don't think you need to stress about finding a goal. Like, oh, I really need to find a goal. What is my goal? Because it, it'll come. That's what we were talking about last week, wasn't it? About sort of experimenting and dabbling until you find something you just really, you really love. And you're like, God damn, I love triathlon. You know? And you just do that or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, I think you mentioned just like, I want to dabble and see what comes up. Yeah. And that's, that's, again, that's continuous learning. You're, 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 you're having a dabble. You're learning. You're planning. You're doing the reviewing. You plan it, you go, I'm going to have a go at squash. And if anyone's not had a go at squash, go and do it. It's an amazing leg workout. Um, and it's just great fun. And it's good You just because you're with someone, you're working out together. It's a really, really great time. Um, I'm going to go and do squash. Fantastic. I've planned to do it. It's going to be Thursday. It's going to be 3 p.m., whatever. I do it, and then I review. How was that? It was crap. I didn't like it. Or that was brilliant. You know what? I loved it. I, I can't get enough of it. I want to do more. How can I train to enhance my squash? Because I love squash. Great. You know, there you've got a goal. You don't need to go and enter the squash world championships. You could just be, do you know what? I want to last like more than five minutes because it's exhausting. I want to last more than that. You know, I want to, I want to beat my girlfriend. I want to beat my friend. And then we go for a beer and have a laugh about it after. You know, that could be even goal. And it's just learning. You're continually learning. And then you're like, okay, cool. That was fun. Let's research into squash a little bit. Oh, great. So there's things I can do. Oh, there is a competition, maybe. Or this is how I train for squash. Oh, fantastic. Right. I'll consult someone. They can tell me what to do. I'll do the training, and then I'll have fun doing squash because squash is my thing, you know? Yeah. How do you... Um, that makes sense. Yeah, no. Uh, how do you... Um, have you always been able to take the actionable advice from books? Because I've read a ton of books... And when I reflect back on what I actually took away and implemented, it wasn't maybe what I should have or wasn't actually what I was able to do. That's a very good question. And a prime example of that is sports nutrition. If you Google 
anything to do with sports nutrition. You come up with, oh my God, so much stuff. And I did exactly the same thing. I just read loads and loads of books, loads and loads of studies, loads and loads of this, loads and loads of that. This guy was doing this, this girl was doing this, this person was doing this, this person was doing this. And I was like, okay, there is a lot to learn. And do you know what I found? The majority of them were conflicting. The majority of them were clashing as opposites. And I was like, do you know what? I'm getting lost here. And it was only then that I actually found Martin McDonald's channel on social media. Uh, and if anyone's not following him, he is the man to follow for anything sports nutrition. Um, he tells it straight. He tells it how it is. And you learn to trust somebody. And then what I think once you build a trust for someone, you then need to go and research what they've done. And all of Martin McDonald's resources on his website are free. So you're like, oh, great. Oh, I'll have a flick through those at my leisure. Have a look. Actually, this makes a lot of sense. And I think you then find somebody to follow. Because then you read his stuff. Great. You listen to his podcast. Great. And then you go and see the man in a seminar. Um, or the woman in a seminar. Or whoever. You, know, you find these people. There's three, the, the, the three, three best ways to learn are going to see somebody so that you can look at them as they're talking to you. Listen to a podcast where you're doing something else. Read the books and study the books and rewrite the books and whatever so that it comes in on all three different channels. Um, yes, it's very hard to sift through a lot of the crap. And I think, honestly, the best way is to find someone you can trust. So the world's fittest book by Ross Edgley. I, you, can, you can grow to trust the man because... The way that he writes it, it's backed up with evidence. Martin McDonald is everything evidence-based. all evidence-based. And you then go, oh, right, well, what's evidence-based? And you just have to look at two or three things that he says. And he, you, know, you swipe up in his stories and it's a link to the, to the scientific study. Great. The majority of stuff in the world's fittest book has a little reference number. And in the back is this study that you can go and look at and be like, oh, right, that makes sense. And then you start to trust people. Um, but if you are going to be sifting through all the chaff, I think a look for something that has scientific backup that has a little reference that says, this is the study. Look at the study. If it's a Wikipedia study, I'd probably move on to the next one. If it's an, is it NCBI or whatever it is, the website is on Google or Google scholars or, or, or a scientific journal of this, that or the other or whatever study. Good. Look at it. If it looks to you like it's a bunch of crap, have another look at another one because yes, there are still scientific studies out there that are still crap, but um, find someone to trust, find something that is evidence-based and back it up and it's backed up and also have a look on all three planes of looking at people in seminars and going to them and talking to them, listening to podcasts and entries and YouTube videos or whatever and reading books I think that's the best way, I think, to sort of start cutting through all the chaff. Um, that's the problem that I think we face with everything being on Google, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, you're right, it can get overwhelming. And, and it's easy to find yourself in a position where it's, it conflicts, because I've been there too. And then it sort of it, it depends how driven you are then to actually pursue what the original intent of that learning was or whether it's pissed you off enough that you want to go and search someone else. I think the ultimate question is, is it important to you? If it's not important to you, then I'd find a nutritionist. Like, let, let's st stick with sports nutrition as an example. Um, if you're thinking, oh, do you know what? I'm just getting overwhelmed. 
Oh, do you know what? I'll move on to the next thing. Raymere's Wild Food. What's in this book? Let's have a look through there. Uh, whatever. I'm on TV. If it's not important to you, then leave it to someone else to do. And then you could say, oh, well, how do I find a credible person to listen to? Well, you have a credible dietitian or whatever. Really? You've just got to do your own homework. It's exactly the same as finding a credible light bulb on Amazon. You read reviews. This is a really great light bulb. This is really, really good. Oh, it's fantastic. Five stars. Excellent. Look at the reviews, almost, of people who have, you know, who have helped other people in the nutrition world. Um, I know quite a few sort of high-performance dietitians and, and performance nutritionists that, that, that are pretty good. Some of them, I'm sorry, are pretty crap. But, you know, people who are... People who will tell you, I'm going to get you to do this because of this and give you a reason. And they're like, oh, right, okay. Where's that reason come from? Like, because you're just interested. Then they'll send you a study. Um, that's probably the best way because you're, you're, you're finding somebody who is evidence-based. You are then finding somebody to just tell you what to do because ultimately that's the best way to save time. Leave it to somebody who knows what they're doing, you know. Yeah, right. Thank you. And um, yeah, that, I think trust is a massive one. Uh, once, once, you know, from listening to podcasts and reach, and reaching out to people and just trying different things, like you said about trying different um, sports and events, yeah. it's the key because you're never going to find it otherwise, you. No, hundred percent. You've got to you've got to dabble in these things to find it. You know, yeah. I think it's a very rare occasion that you just turn up on day one and you have the perfect nutritionist, the fir- the perfect physio, the perfect training program, the perfect personal trainer, the perfect location. I think that's a very, very rare thing if, if it indeed exists at all. You know? So on, this, on your continuous learning journey then, how do you, do you, how do you st- keep yourself aware of your on track versus, you know, am I, am I on track or am I going down a rabbit hole or do I really want to be going this way? How, how do you know, like you personally? Do you mean in terms of going off on subjects? Like, am I going down, a, am I following a rabbit hole down a tangent of subject or in terms of training? Uh, first, when you just said going off on a tangent, but like, is this, is this, is this rabbit hole going to be productive, which you're not going to know until you get to the end of it? I guess the, do you know what? I've never been asked that. I think the best way really for that is, are you enjoying it? Or you're like, oh my god, there's another aspect of running biomechanics, uh, and you've got to you force yourself to go through it. Or are you like, fucking hell, this is this is fascinating, great. What's next? What's next? What's next? Because if you just keep learning and keep expanding your own IP, your own intellectual property, and becoming a bigger brain, then you're ultimately going to make yourself more valuable, and it's going to help somewhere along the way. If you're reading about running you're probably going to start running or you're probably trying training for running or you're probably doing something along those lines. If you're training for cooking and you're reading about running, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. But um, if you're finding yourself going deeper and deeper into a rabbit hole and you're still enjoying it, keep going. If you're going deeper and deeper down a rabbit hole and you're like, I'm just glazing over. I don't really get what I'm doing. Then readdress your main three. Okay, I've gone down a rabbit hole of 
uh, I'm on sports science, I'm on sports science, I'm looking at nutrition, okay, great, now I'm looking at the Atkins diet, veganism, and blah, 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 and I'm looking at how to get protein from a potato. I think I've probably gone down a bit of a rabbit hole, a bit of a tangent, because I'm not interested in the protein content of a potato. I, I'm just looking at it, glazing over and going, oh, do you know what, hang on, let's just go, but let's go and get a cup of tea, let's go back to my main three. What are my main three? Sports science with the end game of getting a degree, training with the end game of breaking world records for the Cape Wrath, and doing my job with the end game of starting my own business and, and opening this 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 place up here in Scotland. Does veganism and the protein content of a potato fit in with any of those things? Probably not. I could probably reel it back. Back to sports science. Where was I when I branched off down that train? I was looking at sports nutrition. Okay, good. What aspect of sports nutrition was I looking at? Oh, I was actually looking at macro and micronutrients, how much sort of protein and carbohydrate and fat that I need. Okay, that's interesting. Let's bring it back online. Let's get away from that tangent that we were on. We don't need to open a cookbook if we're, to, if we're studying sports science. We can then go down and back on the sort of straight and narrow again, you know? That's, think- that's, that's, sorry, that's why it's important to work in blocks of sort of 90 minutes to whatever it is that you that, that your attention span lasts at. Honestly, I, I heard 90 minutes and I thought, okay, I'll set my alarm for 90 minutes. My attention span maxes out at about 80 minutes. So after that, I'm starting to glaze over, I'm starting to get distracted, so I stop. Uh, because then you stop, you go and have a cup of tea, you go walk around outside, you do some push-ups or whatever, you do something active. Because then when you come back to it, you can then look at it and go, whoa, why am I looking at the protein content of potatoes? I need to be looking at. I need to be looking at something completely different, right? I can bring that back online, and then get my attention span back online, and it broken up into little chunks. That's perfect. That's exactly what I was getting at. Was that aspect of having to grind through stuff, and then you think that you know all, all the worth. I got. I got to finish this book, and you you just filled with a sense of dread every time you pick it up. You know, but you feel you've got to read it because it's. Is, I don't know, maybe it's what others have advised or you feel there might be some nugget in there somewhere. Yeah. On, on, it was 13 times Mr. Olympia. He famously said in the film Pumping Iron and the majority of his motivational speeches that he smiled every single time he was training. And he said in his words, why are you so happy all the time? You have to lift 50 tons of weight. You have to work out in the gym for five hours. You have to do all this work. You have to do this and that. Look at other bodybuilder spaces. They're miserable. They're, they're gritting their teeth. They're, they're, they've got like angry and upset faces because they have to do all this work. You're smiling. Why are you always so happy? And he says, I'm probably going to ruin the quote, so I'm not going to quote it. But <laughs> he says, he says, I, I, I smile when I work out because I love what I'm doing. I feel that every single time I'm lifting up those weights, every single rep that I, every single rep that I lift, is getting me one step closer to my end goal. Ultimately, every single thing that he did got him one step closer to his one thing. And then he famously said, "In fact, I didn't feel like I was lifting weights. I felt like I was lifting a trophy over my head every time I did it." Right? That is how you you know you're on the right line. And there was a reason he said. Because he loved what he was doing. All the other bodybuilder spaces were miserable. They didn't enjoy what they were doing. 
They were miserable that they have to go to the gym. Don't get me wrong. I am a grunter when I go to the gym. I will be grunting, growling, shouting, whatever, because I lift heavy stuff and I love it. But I have to go into a – I can't smile and lift like my one rep max. You, know, you can't smile and do a VO2 max test. But you can love the process. It's always about the process, not the outcome. And even if you are in, you know, going on and going on and going on for 13 times Mr. Olympia or to run your marathon or to get to your fighting weight, that ultimately doesn't matter because it's, it's who you are on the way. It's what you become during the process. If you're not enjoying it during the process, guess what? You're going to be a miserable bastard. If you're having a great time as you're doing what it is you're doing because you know what you're doing is the right thing because it feels right, you're going to be a great person and, and things are going to start happening to you in that process. And you could, you could turn on to something completely different. Arnold Schwarzenegger wouldn't be where he was today if he wasn't loving the process of being Mr. Olympia. These athletes and, and motivational speakers, they wouldn't be there. Scientists, like the, the best minds in the world, wouldn't be there if they weren't loving what they were doing. Sure, they're going to have to get a little bit, you know, into the pain cave, even in, in, the, in, the, in the academic side as well. But they'll ultimately love the process. I think that's the most important thing. You're continually learning, but you love it. If you don't love fighting the Austin. Yeah. I think that's uh, <clears throat> that'll see you quite right. And there's lots of things you said, but they're applicable right across life. You know, it's... Uh, it's funny, you know, how we can get to you know certain points and not having the conscious awareness of these things. I mean, you you've come to it. You, you were as as a young man, you know, and and there's and there's people still still looking and trying to understand this process. You know? Yeah, I think as soon as people understand what it is, they really love doing. Um, that's what did it for me. Um, I realised I hated my job and I moved off, did something else. And I was like, do you know what? I absolutely love what I'm doing right now in my new life. And now that I've kind of found it, I'm keeping going, I'm keeping going. I've not become exhausted by it. Um, things have had to like change and alter, but that's just the way life is. But ultimately, it's on more or less the same track. And I'm just loving what I'm doing. So I know what I'm doing is right. And I know I'm going to be successful in it because I enjoy it. And because I enjoy it, I know I can work damn hard at it when I need to, and then rest hard when I need to as well. But that's a subject for another day. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a good place to wrap it up there, Ben. I think so. I think so. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. I like that last bit. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's, uh, yeah, giving yourself the opportunity to try something new and see what fills you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and thanks for helping me with the clarity on the podcast because I've said it to the missus. I, I am purely focusing on this the podcast you know, for one year. So yeah, you're right. You've nailed that bit. And the other part, obviously, is uh, family. Yeah. And my health, <laughs> which which I'm going to get more specific on. <laughs>
<laughs> we got some good takeaways from that, mate. I, I just like looking now. We've got um, is more. I got more questions. I'm, I'm not going to go into them now, but maybe we <laughs> can touch on them at a later date because uh, we could do like another. We could do another episode after after this is all said and done, and we've done the series. We could do another episode and just do like Joel's questions, you know. And if you're if your listeners and subscribers have got any questions, then far and away, give them to you, and then we could just do a Q and A, you know. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, I got some good ones. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> go on. I know you have got to have your dinner now and then you've got to go to sleep. <laughs> I love how disciplined you are. That's awesome. <laughs> right, mate. It was a pleasure as always. Um, I'll shoot you a link and then we can see what days you're free next week if that's okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. No problem at all. Fantastic. Okay, Ben. No, all right, I'll speak to you soon, Joe. You take care. All the best, mate. Right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit.